The Church of Scientology is being sued for fraud and extortion. We'll discuss it with a former Scientologist. And several members of the Texas State Board of Education have big problems with evolution, but most don't support the teaching of intelligent design. We'll interview the chairman and ask him why. This is Jerry Johnson Live from Criswell College. Join us as we look at today's news from the Christian worldview for Christ and culture. Mr. Gorbachev, tear down this wall. That's one small step for man, one giant leap for mankind. December 7th, 1941, a date which will live in infamy. I have a dream. It depends upon what the meaning of the word is. And the people who knock these buildings down will hear all of us soon. We will not tire, we will not falter, and we will not fail. Welcome to Jerry Johnson Live. For the next hour, this is your place for relevant discussion of topics in the news and in our culture from a Christian perspective. Your host is Dr. Jerry Johnson, president of Criswell College and Criswell Communications. Later in the show, we'll open the toll-free lines for your questions and comments. You may also email us at talk at jerryjohnsonlive.com. Now, here's your host, Dr. Jerry Johnson. Every single American will have health care coverage. Every man, woman, and child, we will require it by law. That's Senator John Edwards. He's saying that he promises a requirement by law that every person in America will have health insurance. And not only that, in that same speech he said... Every American will be required to go every year to see a doctor. How do you feel about that? How do you feel about the federal government telling you that you have to have health insurance? And more than that, the federal government telling you you must go see a doctor every year. What is coming next? A kind of nationalized health care like they have in Great Britain. We see another story today that uh, one party in Great Britain is saying, with their nationalized health care, that if you're a certain kind of a person, well, doctors shouldn't even treat you. If you're fat, if you're overweight, if you eat at McDonald's, if you smoke, if you drink, you don't even get treatment over there. Is this what you want in this presidential campaign? Is this what you want in the United States? Call us at 800-881-9270, 800-881-9270. We'll talk health care. We'll talk presidential politics. Speaking of presidential politics, Fred Thompson is set to make a major announcement on Thursday. He'll be on The Tonight Show Wednesday night. Here's Mitt Romney on The Challenger. He's going to be coming in soon. He'll be on Jay Leno, and uh, uh, I'm sure he'll enjoy that experience. And then, uh, then he'll uh, you know, be part of the process. All right, Fred Thompson, many saying he's Reagan-esque. Uh, he's the, the actor on Law and Order. He was in the hunt for Red October. He's a former U.S. senator. Goes back to lawyer work in the Watergate uh, period of U.S. history. Are you supporting Fred Thompson? Is he the conservative evangelical choice? Again, you can call us at 800-881-9270. And it is September. September. We were told in September... The Senate, the Congress will make up their mind on whether or not they're supporting the troops in Iraq. David Walker, 
U.S. Comptroller says Iraq has failed to meet many of its political and security goals. As of August 30th, 2007, the Iraqi government had met three, partially met four, and did not meet 11 of the 18 benchmarks. Okay, we have these benchmarks, 18, and they're saying, well, we've met three, maybe four. Um, what do you make of this? Should we continue to fund the troops? Or should we bring the troops home as soon as possible, no matter what's happening on the ground? We have, Pena, uh, news that we're making progress. Well, these numbers don't tell the whole story. In fact, in the Wall Street Journal today, and we may get to this later, there is a piece that talks about how the tide is turning in Iraq, and there's lots of evidence for that. Also today, we're going to talk about the Church of Scientology. It's in the news. Of course, this is a religion of Tom uh, Cruise, John Travolta. And this church, or maybe not a church, is facing some criminal charges. A Belgian prosecutor says the church is accused of being a criminal organization. Is it? We're going to ask former Scientologist, now Christian speaker, Karen Presley. Also, the Texas State Board of Education has some relatively conservative members, some Christians, as a lot of you know. But some of these folks have problems with the theory of evolution. Still, they're not supporting teaching intelligent design in the classroom, that according to the Dallas Morning News. So what's going on here? Our guest at 530 is Don McLeroy. He is chairman of the state school board, the State Board of Education of Texas. We're going to ask him why, and we're going to discuss this national battle over intelligent design. Okay, one of the things that you're hearing all of the Democrat candidates promise, absolutely promise, and I think they're all trying to say, me too, really. It's basically Hillary Clinton is remembered in the 1990s as the person who promised universal health care. President Clinton gave her that assignment early on in the presidency, assigned her the chairmanship of the task force, but that thing was still born on arrival, and it was a major defeat for the Clinton presidency. She's coming back now stronger than ever to say she's promising a federal health care system if she's elected president. So all the other Democrat candidates are saying, Barack Obama, I'll bring health care. John Edwards, I'll bring health care. Here again is John Edwards. We will get rid of the gaps in the health care system, which means no more pre-existing conditions, mental health parity, mental health treated the same as physical health. We'll cover preventive care, long-term care, chronic care. Okay, promising a kind of health care utopia. What is this? Or just common sense proposals? 800-881-9270. Are you ready for government-required health insurance and a government-required visit once a year to the hospital? Judy from Waxahachie is on the line. Judy, thank you so much for calling. Judy, what's your view? Well, I really feel like that um, the dollar sign has turned most, not all, of our physicians' heads toward it and not really helping the people. Uh, The pharmaceutical companies have uh, really turned their heads and fixed it so that the doctors are more interested in making money than helping people get well. And uh, I am definitely not for a universal health care system. It's already bad enough as it is. And I think it would only make it worse. And uh, I am definitely against it. And I would not or will not vote for anybody who uh, promises that. 
Hey, thank you so much, Judy. You know, we're having major problems right now with the Postal Service at KCBI. That's a total government monopoly. And anytime I think the federal government has a monopoly on anything, it's just bad news for us. You know, the fact is this. Government began to get in the health care business with Medicare, Medicaid, and now the prescription drug benefit. The more the federal government is involved in health care, it seems to me, the worse it gets. Wasn't it a lot better 50, 75, 100 years ago when you just went in your doctor, he charged you a fee, you paid the bill, and um, without all these middlemen, <laughs> these insurance companies, and the federal government saying what's approved and what's not approved, it seems like we've got a mess. We've got Kay on the line from Rowlett. Kay, thank you so much for calling. What's your view? Oh, well, I am strictly against this <clears throat> um, health care for everybody. Not that I, I have any problem with people having health care, but I, when it comes under, under the control of the government, then I really get, I do not like it. And I certainly don't like the thought of uh, thinking, well, who's going to pay for this? Is it going to come out of our Social Security? Or are, are those dev- all of those Democrats who are willing to, pass all of these things are they willing to cough up a little money of their own you know i just i think it's ridiculous and i'm i'm a little concerned about everything because of the very fact that each time every time they they come up with an idea it's it's nibbling at our constitution and our rights as a as an american citizen they attack christianity and everything I'm just, uh, I'm against it all. <laughs> you know, the way you asked uh, how they're going to they're gonna pay for it, and the way they all say they're going to pay for it is to repeal President Bush's tax cuts. And I think probably going beyond that, given the promises that are being made to cover everything from soup to nuts, uh, it'll probably mean tax increases. And we've noticed already, uh, the government already has its hands in health care in so many ways, and there's one bill being looked at by Congress, this S-CHIP system, which was meant to cover people people who weren't poor enough to be covered, kids only, that weren't poor enough to be covered by Medicaid, but still needed help because they couldn't afford insurance. But this is moving up the financial oh, ladder yes. to people that are making seventy and $80,000 a year. So in a sense, we're getting this national health care incrementally. And I think what will happen if one of these Democrats is elected that's promising this is it will take a big jump towards socialized medicine. You're listening to Jerry Johnson Live. We're talking today about John Edwards and other Democrats who are promising nationalized, federalized, socialized health care, much akin to what they have in England. Edwards is saying this, everyone by law will be required under his policy to have health care insurance. And not only that, get this, Edward says, you will be required to visit the doctor once a year. What do you think of that? Give us a call, 800-881-9270. A lot of people talk about Canada and the British. Why can't we have this kind of system? Now, we had Dr. David Cook here on the program some time ago. He's an expert in the British healthcare system. He's a leading medical ethicist there in England. He teaches at Oxford University, Green College, the medical college there. And Dr. Cook said, wait a minute, you better think about the British healthcare system if they, if you think that's what you want. Well, I can tell you, you can have a British healthcare system if you're willing to pay the level of taxation that it costs. You can have a British healthcare system if you take away choice from the individuals and you have to go to set doctors in set times. You can have a British healthcare system if you're willing to accept the delays. Okay, that's Dr. David Cook. Penna, t- tell us about the development today in England. Uh, 
Cameron, who leads the Conservative Party there in, in England. Uh, they're in the minority party now, and they're trying to come up with campaign issues. What is he proposing about the National Health Service? Well, it's sad when you hear something like this coming from conservatives, but when you have a national health care system and the costs begin to mushroom and the effectiveness begins to increase, the conservatives are trying to propose something to reduce the cost. So the proposal by this party is to say that certain treatments would be denied to patients who refuse to cooperate with health professionals and live healthier life. Style. So this has to do with getting points for losing weight, for quitting smoking. You know, are they going to take away their McDonald's or uh, Burger King or whatever? But it's really the nanny state coming in and micromanaging your life. And that's what happens when we start having these national programs. They already have arbitrary thresholds for heart transplants or just... Uh knee surgery. Well, I mean, if you're over 60 or over 70, you just can't get in the line at all over in the UK Mm -hmm. for certain kinds of surgeries. We don't. We want freedom. We want freedom here. I think that's what most people want. We've got Joe on the line from Fort Worth. Joe, thank you for calling. How do you feel about Edward's proposal that by law you must go to your doctor every year? Well, I guess I'm confused as to how they would even enforce that. It's uh, one thing to spout an idea off your head, but you've got to stand behind what you say and make things happen. And um, I guess I'm, I'm just a little confused on, on what he's thinking with that. And I remember when we went to PPOs and, and all the organized companies <laughs> have now, and people hated losing their freedom of choice. Yes, mm-hmm. yes. And, and now we're looking, and I'm not a donor of any kind. Will they force us? donate our organs and our blood where does this end Hmm. this is this is a horrific issue to me i i can't get past um my body belongs to god and to me and to my husband and the government doesn't have a right to it and and i have i have some real moral issues with this thank you so much joe the right to life the right to liberty freedom And the pursuit of happiness. Well, that's what the Declaration of Independence says, that you have as an American. But some of these candidates, I think, are taking away some of these rights, or they propose to take them away and create a kind of nanny state, a kind of socialist state that um, is really un-American. Well, we're going to talk about the Christian view of medical care later on the program. What would be the Christian worldview on this kind of a topic? But up next, the Church of Scientology is being sued in Belgium for fraud and extortion. We'll talk to a former Scientologist when we come back. If you're looking for a college experience that is distinctively Christian, come to Criswell College. Contact us today for information about the upcoming term. Criswell College places a strong emphasis on the Word of God, a Christian worldview, and being an effective witness to a world that needs Jesus Christ. Criswell College is totally committed to the Bible as the authoritative, inspired, and inerrant Word of God to ensure that every student receives a solid biblical and doctrinal foundation. Our worldview approach to ministry prepares every Criswell College student to view each academic discipline through a Christian frame of reference and to engage our culture and the world of ideas from a Christian perspective. Along with this word and worldview emphasis, each Criswell College student gets hands-on ministry training in missions and evangelism to be an effective witness through mission trips at home and abroad. Contact Criswell College today for information about the upcoming term. Call 1-800-899-0012 or on the web go to criswell.edu. That's chriswell.edu. 
You're listening to Jerry Johnson Live. Now here's your host, Dr. Jerry Johnson, president of Crystal College and Crystal Communications. All right, what does John Travolta, Lisa Marie Presley, Priscilla Presley, Tom Cruise, Katie Holmes, Sonny Bono, what did they all have in common? If they lived in Belgium, they might be in trouble today, Penna. Well, yeah, because uh, there is a lawsuit now, a suit against the religion of Scientology coming out of Brussels. In fact, a Belgian prosecutor announced this today. He recommended that the U.S.-based Church of Scientology stand trial for fraud and extortion. And uh, this prosecutor is named Jean-Claude Van Espen. He said that up to 12 unidentified people will face charges. And basically, it's calling the Church of Scientology a criminal organization. And, you know, that's really the question, Dr. Johnson, is, is Scientology a church? Or is this some other kind of an organization? And we are going to talk to someone who is actually in the Church of Scientology, has come out, is now a Christian, and is a speaker across the country to ask some of these questions. Karen Presley, a former Scientologist, now a Christian, also speaking uh, with the North American Mission Board of the Southern Baptist Convention, working with them, author of the book, Seven Secrets of Timeless Beauty. Karen, thank you for being with us. Thank you so much for having me. It's great to be back. Yes, Karen. Could you remind uh, our listeners a little bit of your story, a little bit of your background in Scientology, and tell us, you know, what is it about Scientology that um, seemed attractive, Um what is so harmful, why it was so hard to leave. Tell us a little bit of your story. I got involved in 1980 in Scientology when my former husband, now uh, Peter, and I moved to Hollywood to really advance our careers. He was a musical composer and I was a fashion designer. We got involved in Scientology very uh, quickly. A lot of people we met there in the, in the entertainment business were uh, Scientologists. And by uh, within a, a few years, we actually pretty much gave up our entire careers to work for the Church of Scientology. I started working for them in 1986. Um, and so basically we gave up our home, our careers, and everything. Uh, we had a music publishing company that published hit songs my husband wrote, like On the Wings of Love, things like that. Mm. And we gave up our careers because we had become so dedicated to Scientology that we felt that that was the best thing that we could do in our lives. Um, Karen, can I jump in? Because I want to know why Scientology is so appealing to people, sort of the Hollywood types. I mean, you worked in Hollywood. You understand those people. Why? What's the, what's the draw there? Well, I think two, two really big draws. One is um, the fact that there are already so many people in the entertainment business that it is a major networking opportunity and offers like almost instant friendships and relationships and a way to meet people that you want to meet in the business. Really? Um, the other one is, is really primary, <clears throat> and that is Scientology is a philosophy. They call it a religious philosophy because they say that it addresses the spirit, and that's how they get away with calling it a church. But it's actually a, it's a, pro, a highly profitable business that sells spiritual counseling. And the thing that attracts people in the arts, um, as well as some political leaders and, and business people in sports, is the fact that Scientology is all about self. It's about self-knowledge, self-power, self-development. 
And it, it has a basic philosophy that attracts people that is a completely non-Christian, actually anti-Christian philosophy that is based kind of on a, a, an idea of reincarnation, although they don't use that term. But it's, it, it addresses the fact that Hubbard, Hubbard says that spiritual beings have lived since before the beginning of time and that we possess all the knowledge and all the power we needed in order to create the universe. And he says that spiritual beings live along what's called a time track and that you take a life and then you die, but the spiritual being lives on to take another life. And so he basically, through Scientology, uh, promises total spiritual freedom, and that is what Scientology sells. They, they sell the promise of immortality. So now they're being sued. What are they being sued for exactly? I know you're out of it now, but you must be familiar with this. Well, I, I need to get the details on the case. I know that there's 12 people to face charges. There, I know that they're being accused of being a criminal organization, and that the and fraud, fraud is fraud, one of the main claims. Well, Did you see that? This is this is not the first time that this has happened. Um, actually, in the uh, early to mid 90s, there was a similar case in Spain, where Heber Jens, the president of the Church of Scientology, and I forgot how many other people now, I think eight, were um, accused of similar charges, fraud and extortion, but it was related to their um, drug rehabilitation program. So uh, the problem that Scientology has been having for a long time in Europe, um, actually in Germany, specifically in France especially, is that they're looked at as a for-profit scam that pretends to be a church and sells uh, spiritual counseling and training when actually it's very much a business. And um, you don't pay, you don't get. It's, it's, you know, they call the fees donations, but they're really not. They're fees. So that's why they get accused of this is because they present themselves as a nonprofit church for spiritual counseling, but they're really selling services. You're listening to Jerry Johnson Live. We're talking to Karen Presley, former Scientologist, and we're talking about a story that a prosecutor in Belgium has charged Scientology with fraud as a criminal organization. Karen, let me ask you this, because I know Scientology talks about the Ingram. It's sort of a unconscious mental image that uh, is negative, uh, that drags you down. And there's this E-meter um, where you get audited and you... Uh, are supposed to be able to see, I guess, how many negative vibes you have and you come in for a checkup. I mean, isn't this the kind of fraud, this sort of a meter, that uh, some jury and some trial uh, is going to say, this is like the old snake oil salesman coming through town, and scientifically, they're going to be able to show this, this, this meter is a hoax, aren't they? Well, uh, this is not the first time that that's been in question. Um, Earlier on in Scientology's history, right here in the United States, they, they had a problem with the FDA um, uh, basically saying, you know, you're calling it one thing when it's really another. Um, and uh, uh, Scientology was uh, supposed to not use the e-meters and not sell them. And uh, that's what got Scientology in trouble when they sent a, a group of their people to raid governmental offices who got caught. And Ellen uh, Hubbard's wife, Mary Sue Hubbard, was sent to prison for that very reason. But the issue about the e-meter, it's a, they call it a spiritual
spiritual counseling tool that they use uh, in, in, in their spiritual counseling process, which is called auditing. And the thing about the e-meter is that uh, they use it to, they don't use it to diagnose like medical conditions, but they use it sort of in the form of uh, reading a person's resistance when they're receiving counseling questions. How much and does that people, cost for that session? How much per hour? Yeah, people pay thousands of dollars. Uh, oh, wow. Well, in the past, they used to sell uh, Scientology auditing in blocks of 12 hours for about $3,000. But bargain uh, rates. Um, <laughs> that has gone up dramatically, and uh, a person who enters Scientology and goes along the spiritual path of receiving counseling using this e-meter can spend, to get from the very beginning to the very end of what Scientology offers, uh, a person would spend probably $500,000 on uh, spiritual counseling. Wow. All right, folks, we want to take your calls. The number is 800-881-9270. Are you in Scientology? Did Have you come out of Scientology? You have an observation about Scientology, 800 881 9270. Our guest is Karen Presley, former Scientologist. Karen, could you fast forward now? Tell us how you came out of Scientology and uh, really the contrast between the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ and the message of Scientology. <laughs> well, uh, the, the most outstanding thing what you asked me about is the contrast between the two. Uh, and the reason I laugh is because Tom Cruise is all over the media saying you could be a Christian and a Scientologist at the same time, and I say that's impossible because Scientology is the antithesis of Christianity. In Christianity, we, we accept uh, what the Bible tells us about the creation of life. God created life, humans, all things on, on earth. Scientology teaches that we as spiritual beings lived before the beginning of time and possessed all the knowledge of God and power that we created the world. So those two are absolutely the opposite of each other. Um, and, and then it goes on. So it's impossible for a Christian who believes in God the Creator uh, to think that they could embrace Scientology. It doesn't make any sense. Um, in terms of, you know, what did I find uh, when I got out of... I got out of Scientology in 1998 um, after trying to escape twice before that in 1990 and 1993, and it did take a physical escape to finally get out. The reason I left is because uh, I saw too many things in the operation of Scientology in people's lives as well as behind the scenes where I worked at international management that absolutely contradicted what Scientology was trying to get people to believe. And I couldn't live with it. I also saw human rights violations where I was working out in California, how people were treated, um, uh, suppression of our freedom of communication and our freedom of speech, not being able to have an address, not being able to read our own mail, uh, security listening on the telephone when anybody did call us. Hey, Karen, we're about out of time. I'm going to just ask you a simple question. Uh, the change since you've come to know Jesus Christ... Well, Jesus Christ is about love, forgiveness, and grace, and those characteristics don't exist in, in Scientology. Thank um, you so much, Karen. We've got to go. We're on a hard break. I've got to cut you off. Hate to do that. But coming up, we'll talk to the chairman of the Texas State Board of Education about intelligent design in the classroom, or will we have evolution?
listening to Jerry Johnson Live. Now here's your host, Dr. Jerry Johnson, President of Criswell College and Criswell Communications. Should our high schools, junior high schools, be teaching evolution, creation, intelligent design, all three? That is the question. And that is a question that the Texas State Board of Education has been studying and addressing. And with us on the line, we've got the chairman of the Texas State School Board, Don McElroy. Don, thank you so much for being with us. Oh, it's my pleasure. Thank you. All right, Don, tell us what you've been thinking about, and uh, what is your position? Should we have evolution, um, uncritical, Darwinian, up to the present? Uh, should we be throwing in a little bit of creation, intelligent design, or maybe questions, the problems with evolution? What's your view? Well, thanks for this opportunity to talk about it. Actually, we're not dealing with it yet. We don't deal with it for another year. But this is the hot-button issue since I've been appointed chairman and uh, have strong, you know, feelings. I'm a strong creationist. know that in the beginning God created the heavens and the earth. So uh, the issue's been raised. There's been a lot of news about it. In the – to kind of explain the whole situation, when when I look at the problem as being what should we teach, I – I think one of the most fundamental problems we as Christians ought to look at is the fact that we got two different systems of science operating. They have we operate with like a theistic uh, science where you know where God's allowed to inter, you know to intervene, and the naturalist system which dominates today doesn't allow for that at all. And what's really amazing to me is if you look at it, the theistic system of science is clearly superior the creationist system is clearly superior to the naturalistic system because they don't even allow for uh the fact there could be god there so they've got a blind spot and uh they can't even find out what is true so we, really we have a much clearer clearly superior uh position now if we try to put that in our schools in the curriculum with the dominant system we'll, we'll be thrown out as saying well you're putting religion in the schools but that's where I think it's really interesting is the second uh, place where we, we, we really have a strong position is if you look at the evidence, because the evidence clearly does not support evolution as much as they want to claim it does. Uh, and I know I'm talking a lot right here on your first question, but, you know, what's amazing to me is you see how uh, scared they get, how lack of confidence is shown by the evolutionists when they uh, – don't allow the weaknesses to be taught. In the Texas public schools, the uh, curriculum requirements require that the strengths and weaknesses of theories be taught, and that includes evolution. And what's amazing to me is the attempts to teach Darwinian evolution, and with all the evidential difficulties, guess what? They, uh, they say, oh, well, there are no difficulties. So anyway, that, that's kind of the So background. your position and your agenda really is that if evolution is going to be taught then those teachers ought to also teach the strengths and the weaknesses of that theory and to show where that theory is struggling, continues to struggle, and uh, that it would be taught as a theory and not as a fact. Right. Even in their uh, scientific system, which doesn't allow any room for a god, for a creator, still the evidence doesn't support it. So even if you're in their system and teaching that, Yes. As long as you put in all the evidential difficulties, like Darwin himself has a whole chapter in his book on the difficulties. Well, unfortunately, I can tell you right now that in our textbooks today, even though the strengths and weaknesses of theories are required to be taught, 
you will uh, search very hard and long to try to find a real weakness to evolution in our textbooks, which is really, it's just not right. I think that shows the uh, kind of the weakness of the evolution side. But they still see that if you try to push for difficulties in evolution, they still see that as an injecting religion into the public schools. <laughs> exactly. I mean, that's really amazing to me that they do that. Don McElroy is with us. He is president of the Texas State Board of Education. Don, it's so great to have you with us. Howdy. Uh, I want to kind of clarify something because you said that in, in the state law, the problems with creation are supposed to be taught, but... No, you, evolution. I mean, with evolution are supposed to be taught. So are you telling us now that that is basically not being done in Texas? Well, the, the state curriculum standards, which is what the State Board of Education's uh, has authority over, we're the final authority on setting standards, has carefully written the standards that the uh, strengths and weaknesses of theories, including evolution, which is a theory, uh, should be covered in the textbooks. And every time that are in the curriculum, and the battles come down when we adopt textbooks, which is really not for several years. When is that? When is the next oh, textbook gosh, adoption? Does. Well, we're going to cover the science standards, just the curriculum standards, we're reviewing those in, in next year. So we're not even to that point yet right mm-hmm. now. In fact, right now, the most important thing we're doing is looking at our English standards. So that's... That's, what, a, that's a whole other show. Uh-huh. <laughs> yeah, we'll anyway, have you back. But, uh, the, when we look at the science standards, they're not really going to be even talked about till next year. And then it's another year or two after that, that we'll be adopting the uh, biology books, which would cover evolution. But I can tell you that with then the last two adoptions where... Adoptions is called a textbook adoption. When the State Board of Education has adopted biology books, the State Board of Education has acknowledged the fact that the strengths and weaknesses of evolution are supposed to be in there, and they have ruled that they are on the strength of the uh, number of scientists that show up saying, well, they're in there, but they're clearly not in there. So it, that's, uh, that's why it's real important who we elect to these positions. I mean, a lot of Yes, folks, it is. A lot of folks have determined that they think the weaknesses are in there because we've had like Nobel Prize yes. winners in to testify, and the, I tell you what, the last biology adoption, I think the entire University of Texas biology department showed up. Pretty impressive credentials, and some very smart people. But clearly, the evidence that uh, uh, you know the weaknesses were not included. Let me ask you this, Don. Um, so I assume that you would not be supportive of a creationist requirement. Uh, would you be supportive of an intelligent cause uh, theory being taught, or do you think that crosses the line? As of right now, the, the, the dominant system of science is naturalistic, and it's, even though it's weak and it's a blind spot and they'll never find out what the truth is, uh, yes, I, because of that, it just, uh, it's just a way to go right now. The courts have pretty much said it's illegal anyway. Let me ask you this one. What about the strategy of teaching the controversy. I know some people have said, look, alongside of your idea of teaching the weaknesses of evolutionary theory or the problems, but to teach the history of the controversy. So you could basically say pre-Darwin, this is what people thought. After Darwin, this is what people thought. Before Scopes, this is what happened in the schools. After Scopes, this well, is I think what... I think anybody could do that right now if they want to do it. So what about putting in that curriculum clearly that that is allowed, not that it's required, but that it's allowed, so that teachers would feel like they had the freedom to teach the controversy. 
Well, that's a good idea. Nobody's presented that to me yet. So. Well, I present it today, yes, and I hope you'll consider <laughs> it. you got several months to think about it. And right. uh, let me ask you this question, because I see a reversal of the Scopes conundrum here. You know, the, the whole deal with Scopes was creation was required to be taught back then, and evolution was not allowed. And don't we have the flip side of that complaint now? Evolution is required. Creation is not even allowed. There's a gag order on one side. Oh, that's absolutely true. You could not uh, teach a theistic view of science, you know, that would allow the hint, the hint of a divine in anything in science, just because that's the way they try to define science. They win the argument by definition. They they have, and the thing is, it's a limiting argument. The the Christian view is clearly a, a superior side of, uh, you know, <laughs> superior science. If you look at it. It's it's the theistic view of scientists that created modern science to begin with. That's right. I mean, if you look at the history of modern science and yes. the scientific method, it it's been around for about like four hundred and sixty years. It's if you state it back, and it's most of the time it's been a theistic view, not the uh, naturalist view of today. Don McLeroy, uh, we so appreciate your work on the Texas Board of Education. I want to ask you one last question, and that is, there are several conservatives and some Christians on the board with you. Yes, ma'am. So, in a sense, you know, we've watched the public education system just become more and more secular, more and more liberal in many cases. Do you, what are your hopes for the state of Texas? Because I know you, you know, you don't get to control everything, but you certainly have an influence. Well, I'm pretty optimistic about uh, we've gotten a lot of good members on the board, and uh, I'm looking forward to the fact that we are uh, working on these. You may off subject, but it's English, you know, curriculum standards. If we can get our children to be able to read and write, write better, I'm I'm very hopeful. I think uh, I think there's a lot. It's of, really bottom line, isn't it? it? It really is, and and that's what we're focusing on this year, and we're really excited about that. I think. Uh, what we have in Texas is called standards-based reform. Everything goes back to the standards, and here we are on the state board that get to have standards. We found out these standards have been around for like almost 10 years, and we can get them a lot better. If you have good standards for the teachers in the classroom to be able to teach to, uh, it should really help the academic achievement of our kids. All right, you've opened this door. I'm going to walk through it. Let me ask you this question about English education. Today we saw a story up in New York City where they're going to open an Arabic school, a school where the students uh, speak Arabic. They're speaking Arabic. Uh, public school. Uh, do you plan to open up a school like that in Texas? <laughs> or Actually, I want to talk about you know Spanish schools, Spanish classes, all the classes taught in Spanish. Are, is your group committed to these students in Texas learning English by the time they graduate? Well... You'd have to say the governor, state legislature, everybody on downs committed to them learning English. I, I, that's uh, that's very, I mean that that's the bottom line. I mean if you look at the whole system, English is is required. So <laughs> I don't, uh, I'm not too concerned about that. It's just are we going to teach it well is the key. key thank thing. you so much, Don McLeroy, chairman of the Texas State Board of Education. Thank you for your service and for being with us today. Well, thank you. Appreciate it. Bye. All right, goodbye. Let's talk about that when we come back. The number is 800-881-9270, 800-881-9270. You want to talk about creation and evolution in the public schools? What about intelligent design? Can we really teach students how to relate to God and His world if we do science, history, biology, philosophy without reference to God, the ultimate reality? Can you do good education if you leave out the ultimate reality, which is God, who is God. 
and an update on gay marriage in Iowa and those presidential caucuses are up in that region as well. All of that and more when we come back. A legacy of equipping believers, training leaders to be effective in their walk with Christ. That heritage continues at the Criswell College in Dallas, and you can see it firsthand. Thursday, September 13th, come to Preview Day and learn how an education at the Criswell College will prepare you for a future of ministry and a lifetime of service. The Criswell College will grow you spiritually and academically and focus your Christian worldview. Come meet the professors, have lunch, and with two sessions, pick from a list of classes to observe firsthand and ask any questions you may have. Your reservation is waiting for Preview Day, September 13th. Call 800-899-0012. That's 800-899-0012. And you'll find more details on the web at chriswell.edu. Take advantage and see the worldwide opportunities the Criswell College can afford you as a full-time student or with classes to round out a biblically-based education. Call 800-899-0012 and reserve your place at Preview Day at the Criswell College in Dallas. You're listening to Jerry Johnson Live. Now here's your host, Dr. Jerry Johnson, President of Criswell College and Criswell Communications. We have been directed by the county attorney's office not to issue any more marriage applications to same-sex couples. That is Julie Haggerty, and she is Polk County, Iowa recorder. Uh, she's responding to what's been happening, actually happened late last week in the state of Iowa, where a judge in Polk County struck down the federal or the state marriage amendment defining marriage as between one man and one woman. Well, when that happened, uh, gay couples came in and tried to get their marriage licenses, and a few did before a stay was placed on this, and now this has to go to the Iowa Supreme Court. So really what this judge is saying is you can't divide marriage as between one man and one woman trying to open the state up to gay marriage. We'll keep following that story. Very interesting about Iowa. They've got this uh, presidential primary, and they are committed to being the first. And Mm -hmm. um, no matter what Florida does or North Carolina, Michigan, we may have primaries in December or even November. We'll never know. But we've got Tim on the line from Cleburne to talk about creation, evolution, intelligent design in the public schools. Tim, what do you think of that? How are you doing, guys? Um, I am a teacher here in Texas. In fact, I just moved to Texas a month ago so I could teach here. And so I've seen this issue in a lot of different states. And it's not only frustrating to the teachers, but it's frustrating to a lot of the kids. You know, you get these kids in middle school, high school, who have been raised in Christian homes, and now all of a sudden they're being told, you know, we went from the goo to the zoo to you, you know? <laughs> and that's something my pastor used to say. And uh, and how does that help the message of self-esteem? You want these kids to believe they're somebody. Does that really help them... Uh, have a high view of their own self-worth? No, it, it really doesn't. And, you know, I mean, we call our kids monkeys when they're little, but we don't mean it literally, you know what I mean? <laughs> well, let me ask you, Tim, about this. How do you feel about the notion of, you know, teachers being allowed to teach the controversy? That is, to teach historically what uh, the creation view has said, historically what the evolution has said. So, essentially, you're teaching a controversy uh, historically, rather than, you know, advocating one side or the other. And what you're also doing is you're, you know, and I know you know this, Dr. Johnson, but that applies to Bloom's taxonomy. It's higher order thinking. 
let them have the data and analyze it. Critical thinking, yes. Well, we need to be teaching our students that as well. We do, we do. You know, thank you, do. thank you, Tim, for calling. One of the uh, members of the state board of education, one of the members of the state board of education, Democrat Mavis Knight, said that uh, even kids who are Christians who come into the public schools and are being taught evolution, well, they ought to be strong enough in their faith. This is what she says that it can withstand the teaching of evolution. But really, the question is, why should someone's faith, something they've been taught from childhood about creation, be undermined once they enter the doors of the public school? Wow. We've got Sylvia on the line from Granbury. Sylvia, what do you think about evolution in public schools or creation, intelligent design? What should it be? Should it be all three? Well, I'm also a teacher in, in, um, in Texas. And, you know, I always thought that an education was teaching the whole story, teaching yes. all the views. And I thoroughly agree with the previous caller. Let's teach the controversy. And let's let the kids go ahead and go after the argument. That's the higher order, order thinking, and that's the real education. We're shortchanging our kids by just teaching a one-sided view that is full of loopholes. Well, again, it is historically the scope's problem in reverse. According to um, the monkey trial in Dayton, Tennessee, you know, the government's position was you teach only creation and not evolution. And Scopes had the audacity to teach evolution. Actually, it was a put-up job. He was mm-hmm. put up to do it. But uh, again, the the whole plea of Clarence Darrow and Scopes and others at the trial was, you know, what are you afraid of? Are you afraid of the world of ideas? Are you afraid of what the other side says? You just want us to have creation in the Bible, but you're afraid to mention the word evolution or to teach the theory for a day or for an hour. And uh, But we have the reverse of that now. We have the established dogma and religion of the public school system, which is naturalism. It's secularism. It is viewing the world, reality, history, philosophy, without reference to God. It's looking at everything without a reference to God. And that is the dogma. That is the mantra and uh, we are afraid to allow one little idea over in the corner of the room for an hour or two to say, not everyone agrees with this. Here are the weaknesses of evolution. Here are some evidences for design. Here are some gaps in the fossil record. And uh, what teachers are really intimidated, they can't really do that. You know, I think there's going to be a battle that continues over this, Dr. Johnson, because the Discovery Institute and others, there are just people across the country who say there's a lot of science behind intelligent design, and it needs to be taught in the classroom. There was a Dover court uh, case in Pennsylvania where it was basically shot down. But I don't think people are going to sit down and just let the evolutionists have their way. I think there are too many people now that are too well informed about the the science of intelligent design. So it's something we'll continue to talk about. Well, we've had two or three teachers call in, and I want to encourage you and others out there who are in the public school system to do this. Be bold. Teach the controversy. Teach the controversy. You can do that. You can teach as a matter of history what the evolutionists said and what the creationists have said and what ID, intelligent design advocates, are saying. And the other thing you can do if you're teaching Darwinian evolution is teach the weaknesses of that view. And you can talk about the gaps in the fossil record and so forth and teach some of Darwin's own doubts that he had. And there are a lot of great materials out there from the Discovery Institute and elsewhere where you can find these materials. Well, we always try to talk about 
where the rubber meets the road on this show, and uh, that is, so what? What difference does this make? What is the Christian worldview on this topic, uh, creation or evolution, in the public schools? We've talked today about health care and homosexuality, and I want to say it does all go back to the doctrine, the idea, the notion of creation, a creator. If you look at Paul's argument in Romans chapter 1 about human sexuality, Paul the Apostle goes all the way back to creation. He doesn't go back to the law. He goes back to creation before the law. And he says there was a created order to human sexuality. And homosexuality is a rejection of the creator and of the created order. But the doctrine of a creator making us male and female That's back of the biblical doctrine of heterosexuality. That's God's plan for human sexuality. You say, well, what would it have to do with health care? It's very interesting that when Thomas Jefferson, the so-called deist, wrote the Declaration of Independence, he said, this is a self-evident truth. We are endowed by a creator, not by Darwinian evolution from the slime. We are endowed by the creator with certain inalienable rights, a right to life, a right to liberty, to freedom, and the pursuit of happiness, not happiness and not health. The government cannot deliver happiness, cannot deliver health. That's what Marx promised. That's the socialist promised. That's the communist promise. The American promise is this. You have freedom, you have liberty, and you can pursue happiness. The doctrine of creation makes a huge difference. This is Jerry Johnson Live with Pennedexter from Criswell College. Uh, join us tomorrow. You've been listening to Jerry Johnson Live, a Christian worldview radio show. Join Dr. Jerry Johnson, president of Criswell College and Criswell Communications, Monday through Friday at 5 p.m., for an hour of relevant discussion of news and culture from a Christian perspective.